You're listening to Mischief Media. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Ted and Michael Read Sketches into Microphones. I'm Michael Paul Smith. And I'm Ted O'Gorman. Ted, when was the last time you were mad at me? Like, really mad at me? Oh, man. A uh, long time ago. Um, what was I? I remember one time in high school, you took a sip from my juice box, and I thought you were abusing the privilege and taking down more than a sip's worth. It was triggering for me because... Uh, well, in hindsight, because as a middle child, I frequently felt overlooked. So in that moment, the juice box became a boundary issue. I just didn't have the self-awareness to identify that it wasn't really about the juice box. Mm, it never is. So that was the most recent time you were mad at me, high school? Yes, sir. What about you? Oh, that's easy. About six minutes ago. You chewed a piece of celery with your mouth open. Not sure why you had to eat at all during a one-hour recording session, and if you're going to eat, why you'd choose the noisiest possible food of any kind to chew. And if you're going to choose the noisiest possible food of any kind to chew, why you do it with your mouth open like the worst kind of uncivilized humanity there is. And that was triggering for you because as the youngest of your siblings, you needed to be heard. It was triggering was because it was super fucking annoying, okay? I could have been anyone at any time or place, and it still would have been super fucking annoying. Well, Mike, the thing is, our past still informs how we relate to these things. And Just I think no, we should- no, no, no. We're, we're, we're playing the first sketch. Roll it. And now we present Quint from the movie Jaws playing the role of narrator in the movie A Christmas Story. Who would ask for that? Igby's Corner window is traditionally a high water mark of the pre-Christmas season. First night is packed earmuff to earmuff, jostled in wonderment. Before a golden tinkling display of mechanized electronic joy. Wow. There it is, the holy grail of Christmas gifts. The Red Rider 200-shot range model air rifle. And there he is, that rider himself. In his hand was the knurled stock of as coolly deadly looking a piece of weaponry as I had ever laid eyes on. This has been Quint from the movie Jaws playing the role of narrator in the movie A Christmas Story. Hi, everybody. We're going to do something a little different today. Ted Michael recently appeared in a Japanese commercial endorsing a brand of decaf coffee. They were well paid and we find ourselves in possession of a little extra money. We'd like to do something good with it. So today, the three of us are going to decide where this money will go to help our community. That's right. Yes. Let's start by opening up the floor to what we're each passionate about. Let's have an open and respectful dialogue. Where do you think this money can do the most good? Mike, what's a cause that's near and dear to your heart? Well, I've always admired what Princess Di did to remove landmines, and I think we should focus on doing the same thing with bear traps. I did not see that one coming. Feels like maybe I should have. Yeah, maybe you should have. Because during the last half of the 20th century, more than 100,000 bear traps were sold in the Northeast alone. 
That doesn't even seem like a stat anyone would track. How do you know that? And yet, no one has an accurate count of where those bear traps ended up, or if they're still out there, waiting for some innocent Boy Scout to take a hike and then slam! Those jagged iron teeth slash into his shin, nearly breaking the bone. He screams in pain and passes out. When he wakes, he tries to free himself, but the trap has been professionally set and anchored. Night arrives, and the smell of his blood is in the nostrils of every beast within a three-mile radius. His Boy Scout troop searches in vain. This precocious little nature-loving scout wandered off the trail he was supposed to stick to because he thought he saw a cardinal. It's getting cold, and he feels the warmth leaving his body. He starts to wonder, why didn't I pack the waterproof matches? Why did I leave behind the flashlight that could have been used as a signaling device? Where is the tarp that could be providing my shelter? He swears that if he survives, he will take scouting more seriously. He will do his chores, get better grades, be nicer to his little sister, and even volunteer after school. But for now, he's just a boy shivering in fear as he hears leaves rustling on the forest floor in the distance. Then in the not-so-distance... What walks his way is too big to be human, and humans don't walk on four legs. This boy will never be found. Fuck. I was going to say getting homeless people employment opportunities, you know, helping them with resumes, getting them new clothes, but Mike, screw that, man. I'm with you on bear traps. That sounds horrible. What if some kid... I don't want some... Kid to have to live that story. Nobody, why is nobody talking about this? We have to get the word out. We have to get the word out. Yep, should have known this was going to happen. Okay, boys, the money's going to go to an animal rescue charity of my choosing. Okay, we're done here. Leave my studio. We now return to Quint from the movie Jaws, playing the role of narrator in the movie A Christmas Story. Scott Farkas. Scott Farkas. What a rotten name. We were trapped. There he stood between us and the alley. Scott Farkas staring out at us with his yellow eyes. Yet yellow eyes, so help me God, yellow eyes. Grover Dill, Vargas is crummy little toady. Mean, rotten. His lips curled over his green teeth. Randy lay there like a slug. It was his only defense. Deep in the recesses of my brain, a tiny red-hot little flame began to grow. Something had happened. A fuse blew, and I had gone out of my skull. I have since heard of people under extreme duress, speaking in strange tongues. I became conscious that a steady torrent of obscenities and swearing of all kinds was pouring out of me as I screamed. This has been Quint from the movie Jaws playing the role of narrator in the movie 
a Christmas story. Jillian, Mike and I worked on this one together. I don't think there's any way you'll get this. Is your blindfold secure? Yes. The streak ends today, babe. We worked hard on this one. Bring it on. Jillian, are you ready to play What's in a Sip? You're goddamn right I am. Here you go. Ooh, a warm mug. Nice touch. Smells like... Wow. That is some pretty complex stuff. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. All right, this is going to be tough. Gotcha! We win! Finally! Woo! I haven't even sipped yet, Mike. Yeah, Mike, she hasn't sipped yet. Oh, I, I tuned out for a second there. Sorry. Okay, here goes. The umami is from the soy sauce. The creamy chunks are sour milk. The cardamom is there to confuse my palate, and yet it can't distract from the sour cream and onion chips you've dissolved in there. And do I sense you wanted me to choke on the single penny you left at the bottom of the mug? And I would guess you mixed this all together in that dirty bowl Ted tried to make Philly cheesesteak soup in last Friday. You're amateurs. Son of a bitch. How can we not beat you? You didn't even bat an eye at the penny. Jillian, I have to give it up. You are the master. You're unbeatable at what's in a sip. It's a goddamn pleasure to watch, G. I'll tell you that. I can't even wrap my head around this. Your palate is absolutely singular. You've never been wrong. I know. It's a thing I can do. All right, enough about me. Gentlemen, blindfolds, please. All right. All right, we'll try our best. Deal's the deal. Ooh. It's sweet. Yep, you're correct on that one. I also find it sweet. Guys, okay, this one was a gag. It's antifreeze. You should spit it out. I never thought you'd actually drink it. I figured you'd stop as soon as you smelled the antifreeze. Uh, I'm not falling for that, Jeeps. Come on. That's that's really cute, Jillian, but no way, uh, I think I'll I'll decide what's in this sip myself. I'm not going to be conned that easily. No, take the blindfolds off. I have the bottle of antifreeze right here. Stop drinking. No, come on. This is some kind of expensive cognac. No, it's antifreeze. And now you both have to purge. Do it now. Throw up. No, it isn't. You're you're a much better sipper than a liar. Oh my God, throw up, you idiots. Babe, we can't afford to throw money at expensive cognac like this and just let it go to waste. Yeah, well, if you don't throw up right now, you're going to fucking die. And as appealing as that is to me right at this moment, Ted, stop. Did it. I finished it, you guys. Wow, I owe you a bottle of cognac. Damn. I almost beat you. Jesus Christ. Both of you throw up now. Not going to be a problem, Jeeps. Really? It's sitting just fine with me. I guess I'm just not as... Oh, my God. This guy has the weakest stomach out of... Wow, that really comes out of nowhere. Oh, At least God. I got it all... Uh, that cognac is not sitting well. Wow. I feel instantly better. Just better. Oh, thank goodness. Mostly thank goodness. And now we present our final installment of Quint from the movie Jaws, playing the role of narrator 
in the movie A Christmas Story. For one brief moment, I saw the bolts silhouetted against the lights of the traffic. And then they were gone. Oh, fudge. Only I didn't say fudge. I said the word, the big one. The queen mother of dirty words. The F dash 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 word. It was all over. I was dead. What would it be? The guillotine hanging, the chair, the rack. The Chinese water torture, mere child's play compared to what surely awaited me. This has been Quint from the movie Jaws playing the role of narrator in the movie A Christmas Story. And now we present things you should never, ever say on a first date, or probably ever. I once owned a Labrador retriever named Simon. He left one night after a disagreement over the phone bill. My father always said, you turn your back on a Mennonite, you take your life in your own hands. Unwavering distrust was maybe his greatest attribute. He later died at the hands of a Mennonite who stabbed him in the back above his floating rib with a sharpened stick. Two questions. How long can you hold your breath in roughly 11 feet of chlorinated water? And are you allergic to any sedatives? Now really take a second to think about that last one. It's important. I've had an erection that lasts longer than 48 years. I've consulted with my physician. And he doesn't believe me. <laughs> and he never woke up the next day. So no. I don't cook for people anymore. I'm not saying I hate the federal government or anything. I'm just saying I've invested heavily in pressure cookers and fertilizer. Wink. I write historical fiction about men losing their penises in machine accidents during the Industrial Revolution. Want to hear a passage from my new one? It's called The Scald of the Bessemer Furnace. Careful, it's hot one. <clears throat> Chapter one. I believe myself to be a time traveler. I've warned more than a few people of impending threats to their life from assassins from the future. Jokes on them. The assassins always come from the past. <laughs> so I uh, slowly burned off my fingerprints and I've been looking over my shoulder ever since, but hey, that's life on the run. I don't know. I just, I just find male servers to be uncouth. It's really a job for women. Restaurant service, that is. I'll take some more wine. Please pour. I wonder what's good here. It's nearly impossible to get a good dolphin steak in this town. Try asking for a wine pairing. <laughs> oh, you're from Pittsburgh. Well, I guess we can split the check and you can go home and uh, shoot yourself in the face. I'll say what your parents should have said. I'm disappointed in you. I practice a relatively new sexual fetish called autoerotic oxygenation. It's just standard masturbation while breathing medical quality oxygen from a tank. They say liars never prosper, but I've made a very healthy sum. You look good tonight, by the way. This has been Things You Should Never Ever Say on a First Date, or probably ever.
This episode goes out to hard candy. Nothing says pleasure like eating a sweet treat while also wanting the inside of your mouth to bleed from a series of small cuts. Thanks for being the candy that is virtually indecipherable from a shard of sugared glass. Hard candy, Mike? Fuck you, Ted. Correct. It's so stupid. Pretty dumb. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> I think there's enough. Anything worth doing. Jillian, are you ready to play What's in a Sip? I've been waiting for this my whole life. That's Rudy, but yes, I'm ready. Here you are. Ooh, it burns right in the pit of the stomach, doesn't it? It feels like it's going through. That's the cognac. That's cognac, yeah. I don't drink a lot of cognac. I guess I'm not used to... Oh, you're sweating. Are you sweating? I'm sweating. Mm-hmm. But I also feel cool at the same time. So I slowly burned off my fingertips, and I've been looking over my shoulder ever since. But hey, that's life on the run. <laughs> nice. It's fingerprints. Burning off your fingertips would be pretty quite grotesque. So, that's overkill. <laughs> Get the job done. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. Can you give me... No problem. Like 30 seconds, I'm getting buzzed. And oh, yeah. Delivery. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Little girl from Ipanema there, Mike. Mm-hmm. Classic waiting, waiting music. Music. Elevators, waiting rooms, technical difficulties. I write historical fiction about men losing their penises in machete accidents during the Industrial Revolution. Want to hear a passage from my new one? It's called Scald of the Bessemer Furnace. Careful, it's a hot one. (laughs) Okay, chapter one. Machine accidents. (laughs) Oh, machete accidents. A lot of of machetes in the Industrial Revolution. That's definitely true. So there I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean with this giant hole in my boat. And I'm just thinking, maybe Carol was right all along. I should have learned to swim before a solo transatlantic journey. Everybody has a thing. Mine is having women dress up like Gigi Allen and reenact his last concert in my living room. So it's pretty standard in that regard. Oh, yeah. Let's do a fun one about the kid getting killed while he's stuck in a bear trap. Right. The fun one of that. Sometimes at the height of our reveries, when our joy is at its zenith, when all is most right with the world, the most unthinkable disasters descend upon us. The heavenly aroma still hung heavy in the house, but it was gone. All gone. No turkey. No turkey sandwiches. No turkey salad. No turkey gravy. Turkey hash. Turkey a la king. Or gallons of turkey soup. Gone. All gone. That Christmas would live in our memories as the Christmas when we were introduced to Chinese turkey. All was right with the world. (laughs) Nice job. Michael Reads Sketches into Microphones is written and directed by Michael Paul Smith and Ted O'Gorman. With some room for improv, because this is a comedy podcast, friends. We're not tied to the page. 
In addition to your hosts, Ted and Michael, this season features the voice talents of Andrew Bancroft, aka Jelly Donut, Anissa Folds, James Monroe Iglehart, C. Julian Jimenez, Eddie Lee, Patrick McCartney, Janice McIntyre, Hallie O'Gorman, Mike O'Gorman, Emmanuel Polycarp, April Sickler, Nick Walker, and me, Jillian Pensavalli. I'm also the executive producer. Season three of Ted Michael Reads Sketches into Microphones was recorded, edited, sound designed, and mixed by the badass team at Audio Muses, India Hui and Amita Ganatra. This season was produced in association with our friends over at Mischief Media, as well as co-producer Jensen Parker Neal. Original music for Ted Michael season three, composed by India Hui. You can find full credits, plus episodes, transcripts, and more at tedandmichael.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help a lot, and to be honest, since it's just us here, Ted and Michael need a lot of reassurance, and it would just make my life so much easier. Thanks. Follow the guys on Twitter at Ted Michael, individually at Ted O'Gorman, at MPSmithNYC, and use the hashtag Ted Michael on all the things. For love notes and hate mail, use tedandmichael at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. And hey, stay weird, friends. Mm-hmm.